4: You are listening to The Dan
5: Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I didn't expect him to win it, but I wanted him to be in it. Tiger Woods has missed the cut. Final hour of the program. Come on in. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Good morning to those watching on Peacock, our streaming partner, and those listening on our great radio affiliates around the country approaching 400 cities around America. Chris Sims, NBC Sports, former NFL quarterback, On the acquisition of Baker Mayfield, does that mean anything for the Carolina Panthers moving forward? Also, uh, some of the other items NFL-related, we'll uh, talk to Chris. He'll join us coming up. Day two of the Open, scores are really high here, done well. I should say, not high, scores are good. Sometimes when you hear a high score, you shoot, what, upper 70s? No, they're shooting low scores, but uh, the numbers are high as far as under par. You know what I mean here. Tiger missed the cut. He had this to say about a very emotional day, including the 18th green.
6: Um, the warmth and the ovation on at 18, it, it got to me. Um, uh, and just the walk, you know, I, I felt the guys stop there off, off the tee 18. And I, it, uh, it was just incredible, the, this amount of understanding and respect um, from all, all the people that are involved in, in this event that, that come out and support it, uh, the players, uh, the nods I was getting as the players were going out. Um, I looked over there, and, you know, Rory gave me a tip of the cap. JT did the same. Um, it, it just, it's just there's something to it that's just different.
5: It was. It felt different, and it felt different almost uh, after the uh, first nine holes on Thursday, the Tiger— Almost resigned himself to the fact, and look, I'm, I'm taking poetic license and reading into his emotions, and, and that is not fair. But what I thought when I watched was he almost got the feeling of, I don't think I'm ready to compete. And this will be the last time I'm probably competing at the Open Championship. Let's take it all in. And even the broadcasters, the announcers, Nick Faldo, uh, Terry Gannon, Mike Tirico, uh, Steve Sands. It felt like a farewell tour. It felt like this was a wake. While the person is there alive, but it feels like everybody's talking about what used to be with Tiger Woods. Uh, but he uh, had a trip down memory lane, and we'll see what happens next year as he gets ready for the Masters. And understand this, the Open Championship, it revolves. You know, It's just like uh, our U.S. Open or the PGA. It's different cities. Um you know, the Masters stays there. But the Open Championship, it feels like it's every five years, comes back to St. Andrews, the uh, birthplace of golf. But you're watching, and having been in this business for a long period of time, I see you when you start, and I see you when you finish. Whether that's the finish for Tiger Woods, uh, boy, I've been very fortunate to have watched the player I think is the most talented golfer ever. Now the resume of Jack Nicholas. But what he did to golf, uh, how he did it, I mean, he didn't just beat people. I mean, it was it was savage. Like, he just went and he took, he embarrassed people. If Usain Bolt played golf, it would be, or Katie Ledecky, the swimmer, would be Tiger Woods. You know, when he would win, it wasn't, oh, he barely won. He ran away with it. But to see that happen, see it in person, uh, to watch it for all these years, been very fortunate. It's just like Serena. You, you watch, and sometimes you expect greatness. And it's not fair to those who do it every single day, every single year, every single big moment. Uh, we expect it. And after a while, it becomes the normal. And it's not. There are very, very few athletes who are able to do this at a high level for a prolonged period of time. And Tiger's had two and a half careers. Like, he had an incredible start. And then he fell off injuries, scandal, and then came back, but coming back, it felt like he understood, let me just savor this let me let me enjoy this and he should take in the applause, see the respect that he has, and he's earned that, deserves that. And that's what I saw. I didn't think he was going to win it. I just wanted him in it over the weekend. All right, final hour coming up uh, phone calls are welcome. What's poll question for the final hour seating?
7: Well, Dan, off of what you were just talking about, and Paul had sent this one around a little earlier, but we have to populate it. Okay. If you could choose an athlete to win one more title major Grand Slam before Mm. they retire, Mm. Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, uh, we have LeBron James, Tom Brady, John Daly. So I don't know that to me, I don't know that LeBron James and Tom Brady should be on that. John Daly shouldn't be on there. What?
8: No, 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 no. That may have been a little personal by me. No.
5: Love John. I I don't know if he made the cut. Hope he does. You don't think it'd be awesome to see him win one more? It it would, but I don't think we're I don't think we're waiting around for that. If you said, hey, Serena might be at the U.S. Open and she would win, or LeBron goes to the NBA final. John Daly, while I do love John, he's one he's one under he's right one up. under. I know it's and it, it looks like it's going to be even par that makes the cut. But I I. Like, if you said Roger Federer wins another one, Serena wins another one, Tiger wins another one, do you put Brady and LeBron on there considering they've, they've won or they've been in the finals? See, it feels like, to me, they actually have a chance to win. Oh, whereas, they do.
7: You know, Tiger seems pretty unlikely.
5: If you said Serena can win another one or Tiger. I mean, I would say Tiger... Just because, you know, there, there's just something about that magic there with him. I mean, when you think tune-in factor, one, one person, who has the tune-in factor that Tiger's had all these years? Even when he's not playing well, they show every shot. Even when he's not in contention, they show every shot. It's just rare that you have that. So I... I got to see him win the Masters one more time. So I'm good, don't want to be greedy. I just like to see him compete. And And he spawned this whole generation. All of them, it feels like, are disciples of him with what he's done, how he did it, how he prepared, how he hit it, changed his swing, everything that went into it, being a golfer. And to see that admiration around him and maybe had that one more time, it'd be pretty incredible. But what I saw at the Masters a couple of years ago, and having been there when he won his first, and to see this skinny little guy coming off the green, hugging his dad, and then you see him coming off the green and hugging his son when he wins the last time. Oh, that's I've been treated. Uh, wow. The, the, this has been unbelievable. Yes, Marv.
9: When he was coming out of college, was this the expectations for him? I was a little bit too young to know what the expectations were, but was he expected to be one of the greatest of all time? Yeah, you
5: know, because he was a great amateur champ. I think, what, three time U.S. amateur champ? Like, now all of a sudden, you're in the Jack Nicholas conversation. Uh, LeBron coming out of high school. And, and most times the hype, uh, it's hard to live up to that hype. Like, Tiger lived up to the hype. LeBron lived up to the hype. I'm trying to think somebody else, Serena and Venus lived up. Serena lived up to the hype. I mean, Venus had a really good career, but it's, it's one of those where, you know, you kind of look at the trophy cases and you go, Oh, Venus, you won some trophies. Then you go to Serena's house and you go, Oh, you got a whole uh, wing here that's uh, full of your trophies. But I'm trying to think who else recently. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper lived up to the expectations. I think, you know, still not complete his career but winning another mvp um who else would be on that list Are we missing somebody who was like a fina yeah yeah Mich- I, michelle we didn't live up to it uh she was a good golfer but she she didn't live up to what we thought because she was going to be playing against the men um who else
8: well, I think the next one is going to be Arch Manning. We talk about people Ooh. who are dubbed, yeah. and that yeah. they have no they have no wiggle room to be average. Yes,
5: that's why when the bet was will Arch Manning be the number one overall pick in 2026, I said <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm pie to the face. I'm going to say no. Pie to the face. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it. I like how every bet, no matter what we say here in the man cave, it always is followed up with oh pie to the face. Pie to the face. <laughs> I mean, how serious are you with this? Pie to the face. I know. Well, we would have these random bets, and I would say nobody cares that we have a bet unless something's attached to it. Because McLovin would go, Uh, I'll bet you this and I go How about steaks. Yeah. Go, like what's attached to this? <laughs> or wheel of punishment. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it is a meat Friday. Not your mama's meatloaf and baked green chili mac and cheese. Who
10: has it better than we do? Nobody.
5: All righty. Final hour coming up. Uh Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What do you have for me?
9: What up, though? One time for chat, row two times for my back room, bro. Is it sad that I just sometimes call in to hear what you guys are eating? it has been times I ain't even get on the air, Dan. I just be like, so what you got on the grill, Tyler? Oh, my God, <laughs> that sounds so good, brother. Uh, heads up to our guy on chat row, Brent Bartholomew. Today is his pop's birthday, and he's, not no, he's no longer with us. So I told him, come on, join the Dead Dads Club. I'm sure they're up in heaven looking down at the DP show wondering, where's Jimmy Jimerson been, or it's Friday. Fritz, he's going to show up. Speaking of Dead Dads, you guys were talking about food. My father took me to a joint, man, for Ford Motor Company, and they had the biggest burgers in the world. I mean, the burger was the size of a tire, man, and that's when I learned the difference. <laughs> between half pound, quarter pound, etc., potato wedges and french fries. I got a question for you, Dan. <laughs> 35-year-old Peak Dan Patrick yeah. gets to interview nothing off limits, as well as participate or play with. MJ shoot around, you get to interview him, Wayne Gretzky shoot a couple of pucks with him, interview him, nothing's off limits. Tiger Woods, and I came up with this question before you uh, gave the Tiger news, so, you know, I, I understand recency bias, but, you know, play a practice round with Tiger Woods and, uh, you know, kick it with Tom Brady or, and play play catch with him. And a caveat, you get to keep memorabilia from your interview and your participation with him.
5: All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, I'd still take Jordan. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot with Tiger, but I'd have more fascination with Jordan. Brady, if Brady talked and told you really relationship with uh, Belichick or really what went on with Deflategate or any of that stuff, I mean, I don't know if people care about it anymore, but Jordan is always going to be somebody that whenever he talks, you're going to listen. It's, no, there's nobody else like that. When when Jordan says something, then all of a sudden it has a whole lot more meaning there. So I would say Jordan to be able to shoot around with Jordan and just to be able to go one-on-one with him. Like make it, can't do make it, take it, because I wouldn't get the ball. But if you say I get ten chances, all you want is, you just have to make one. I might not even get off a shot. But if I do and I make it, ah, oh, It's forever. Yeah, more.
9: so you don't want to have fun on this this interview?
5: No, I mean, I mean, part of the interview when when I interview certain athletes, there's a challenge. Like there is, if you ask the right questions, then you you'll get the right answers. Um, they want to be challenged, and if you do your homework or you go at them in a different way, then you might get something. Mike is you got to go after him, you know. But I got I'd have to be careful in how I go after him. What I'm, what I want to get, uh, because I do think there's the competitor in him. Tiger's got the competitor, but Tiger still doesn't want to give you anything.
9: Yeah, Mark. Is there one thing you specifically want to ask Jordan about?
5: Uh, there's quite a few. There's not one, but I, I, I would love to know the baseball decision. How did that come about? Take me through that. And I don't know if he, if he had fun playing basketball. As strange as that may sound, because all of a sudden you do it. Now you got to do it at this high level every single night. That com- and it takes a lot out of you. Um, but I don't, I don't know if he loved the game. Is beating people fun?
8: Is that his version of fun?
5: Right. Yeah, I, I, like I don't know what he would consider fun. Like Tiger, did you really enjoy golf?
7: Yes, he did. not Bill Belichick have that quote where there are people are talking about how like he has no personality or doesn't have fun or anything, yeah. and he was like, "You know what I think is fun? Winning." Yeah, <laughs> it is.
8: <laughs> ha ha
7: ha. <laughs> you know what I think is fun? <laughs> Winning.
5: Uh, coach, uh, did you uh, did do you have fun when you uh, when you when you are coaching? Uh, I have fun when I beat people. And he would say just like that, no, I have fun when I win a Super
7: Bowl. That's what I think is fun. Yeah. Rings.
5: Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 right. Uh, coming up, we'll talk to Chris. <laughs> uh-huh.
7: Uh-huh.
8: Oh. Uh-huh. More likely to join our show ever. <laughs> Belichick or Jordan? I think it Belichick. might be. Belichick. I was going to go Jordan.
5: Well, we almost had Belichick when we wanted to talk about the Army-Navy rivalry. And, and, and that was all we were going to talk about. We weren't going to talk about anything to do with the Patriots. Paulie kept the email. Uh, it had nothing to do <laughs> with the Patriots, Brady, Deflategate, Spygate, uh, Watergate, <laughs> any gate. Uh, and we almost had it. Now, Jordan, uh, you know, he, his tequila is a sponsor of our show. So maybe... What if Jordan says, oh, come on, I only want to talk tequila?
8: <laughs> How much tequila were you drinking yeah. when you joined the White Sox?
5: Yeah. How, much te- <laughs> How much tequila did you drink during the last dance? I'll hang up and listen. Uh, I, I would, I don't know.
8: I don't know. Yeah, Paul. I, I had the original Email back and forth with Belichick's guy. There's a guy. A guy. Who, who he, has, he has, like the gatekeeper. Yeah. And you know, Michael Jordan has a person, a woman, who's the gatekeeper. Yes. Yes. And it's hard to even get them <laughs> to respond to you, much less engage you. And the back and forth with Belichick was positive And that said, he looked at it, liked it, and I'll get back to you. Mm. And that's where we are. That's as close as we got.
5: By the way, Todd has a uh, limerick about uh, the Sons and DeAndre 8, and That will be on the newsletter. Exclusively on the newsletter. Exclusively <laughs> on the newsletter. Don't even letter. think about wasting <laughs> our No, no, you time tried just... to send it to me and, and, you know, I don't know why you did because you know your limericks, they maybe it's Friday fritzy, but your limerick goes on the newsletter. It does. That's how we're driving up, you know, the numbers there.
4: What do you think about that bad sports monologue yesterday putting the emphasis it, on bad?
5: It was okay. I be, but I didn't know—is it supposed to be funny?
1: Not necessarily. I, I I cushion it by saying bad late night sports monologue. This way, you win either but way. Normally, if it's fun and funny, it's like then it's funny. No, if it's not, I said it was going to no, be. No, but bad. a
5: late night monologue is supposed to be funny.
1: Yeah, but a lot of those aren't very good, and just kind of they yeah. put up an applause sign to make the people laugh and clap, even if it's not good. Like <laughs> no, something like that, like a little laugh
5: track. going to take a break here. We're back after this Dan Patrick show. I mentioned this earlier in the show, and people want to see proof. Uh I promised you no nudity on the show. So I'm not going to take off my shirt just for the M-Drive boost and burn that I've been taking because Seaton saw me yesterday with my shirt off and uh I thought you know there's that movie Witness where uh you have Kelly McGillis in who the, has her shirt her she's bathing herself in the standing in the uh the little tub yeah, and Harrison Ford John Book is is looking at her and then he pauses and stares, and then she catches him. Right, You were you very, were Harrison Ford. It yes. was very similar yes. to that. Very and then similar. I stopped and I looked at you. There was a moment that our eyes Yes, it did. Let's yes. just say I'm, I'm inspired. M-Drive Boost and Burn. Get inspired. And uh, the first two weeks of M-Drive Boost and Burn, $5 plus free shipping just for my audience. M-Drive Boost and Burn, first two weeks, $5 free shipping. m Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
2: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye.
10: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get to your phone
5: calls coming up. Update the poll results. I think of Chris Sims occasionally. Um, Sometimes it's football-related. And I was wondering, as soon as Baker Mayfield went to Carolina, how that would change his rankings of his quarterbacks. Always have great respect for Chris and how he ranks his quarterbacks. He's not afraid of criticism here. Pro Football Talk Live co-host, former NFL quarterback himself. Kind enough to join us. Uh, Where did you have Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, and does that ranking change with him in Carolina?
6: No, it doesn't, it doesn't change in my opinion. Uh, you know, again, I tried to do it. Dan, you know, I try to leave the team and the support system out of this exercise when you talk about ranking the quarterbacks. Because yeah, again, you know, it's, Hey, one quarterback's got the advantage of having Josh McDaniels or a Kyle Shanahan or McVeigh. Not everybody has that. So I try to not be biased as far as that is concerned and ranking the quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, I had him at 17, right? A guy that I do think has the talent to be in the top 10 ish conversation for sure. I'm not sure top five ever, but top 10 ish, yes. And Dan, I mean, uh, Panthers are one of those teams that I I said this last year and I'm going to say it again. I I like what they got on paper. There's a lot of things to like about their football team. You know, they fixed their offensive line, which was the weak part of their team last year. That should be better. We know the defense was great. If McCaffrey could stay healthy there's good receivers. I do think the offense will be better and I think that Baker Mayfield will be the starting quarterback there in, in Carolina when all said and done.
5: Okay, more important for the success of Carolina this year, Christian McCaffrey or Baker Mayfield?
6: Ooh, I'm going to I'm still going to go with I'm still going to go with Baker Mayfield. I am. You know, again, hey, you want Christian McCaffrey, to me that's like icing on the cake. He certainly can make them, you know, go from an offense that's real good to great. Uh, I know that, but at the same time, uh, it's, I don't know, it's easier to fill the void of a running back out now. I know as even as talented as a Christian McCaffrey is, you know, they can come up with other ways to feed the ball to DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, you know, one of the Terrace Marshall, their new receiver that they got last year in the draft. So that's a tough one, but the way the league set up. And I think for that team right there, no, they need a quarterback, not only that's talented, take care of the ball, make some plays. But the other thing, this is where I say Baker Mayfield's going to win this, Dan, is he brings an edge to your football team. You can see, I know not everybody loves Baker Mayfield, but there there is a leadership factor, I think, with Baker Mayfield that players can latch on to and like, and it can add a little fire to your football team that I haven't seen from Sam Darnold yet, that's for sure.
5: Sam Darnold's 25. I know. It feels like he's been in the NFL for eight years, right? Is it is he going to fall in line with the Jameis Winston, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, or or is he going to be a journeyman?
6: I I'm not giving up on Sam Darnold. I still think feels he's like died. Carolina it, is. Well, yeah, you know that to me is hey, the way he played last year. It wasn't good. We know that. And and again, I don't want to blame him totally. You heard me say a, a number of times. You know, with that offense there, it was very predictable. So it didn't make it easy to play quarterback, that's for sure. Uh but you know, I do think Baker Mayfield has a bigger arm, knows how to play the position a little bit better. And man, Sam Darnold's just been in some tough situations. So I do think he could be one of these guys that's kind of like a career journeyman, and then maybe three or four years down the road we start to go, Oh man, look at this guy. He got at the place that's good and he's starting to show us he can play, but man, he's had a lot of Things that certainly haven't helped him, you know, throughout his career. Hasn't had a great support system anywhere.
5: I wonder who's the next Ryan Fitzpatrick.
6: Uh, I got you there. Yeah, I hear you. Um, that, I mean, mm, Sam Donald has more talent than a Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's for sure. But I, I hear what you're saying. I'm trying to look at my list here to see if there's anybody else out there. You know, I do think there's, you know, maybe some guys down the list. Uh, you know, Geno Smith has a chance to be that. Maybe even a Drew Locke, that kind of guy. And then we'll see how some of these second and third year quarterbacks play this year. Maybe they end up being, you know, some of the, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick too.
5: What about Jared Goff?
6: Ooh, that could be another one. I mean, yes. Uh, Goff is, to me, one of the biggest question marks going into the season this year. I think Detroit's going to be a better football team. I'd be shocked if they're not. You know, they're they're going to... I thought they might make a move at quarterback this year and do something, but this is where, to me, the politics of the NFL come in. They want to – hey, hey we, we gave away Matthew Stafford. He won the Super Bowl. So we got to show the guy we got back is pretty good too. We didn't just trade him for nothing. And I think that's why they stick with him. And But do hey, you to think –
5: Chris, you yeah. know Belichick. Do you think that Belichick held on to Nikhil Harry longer than he should have because – it would be even more embarrassing if he cut a guy that they drafted in the first round.
6: I I do think that those guys get nine lives for sure. You know, they get the, the cushion of, you know, maybe the fourth rounder who made seven mistakes, he gets cut, but the first rounder, you can make 20 mistakes and they still go, Hey, you're getting better. Let's try to keep working it out. And I do think they held on to him a little too long, but you know, I think he had a little chemistry with Cam Newton and that's where, That, like, oh wait, we got to like that. Cam can throw back shoulder balls and do all that and jump balls, and we like that, but there was nothing else. And that was the issue with Nikhil Harry coming out of college to me. He was good with the ball in his hand, but he could not separate running routes. Hmm. And I think he's been on the the trade market for a while, and finally, you know, they just cut the cord and, and moved on.
5: Help me understand the perception of Lamar Jackson. They just had a top 10 list with the executives and coaches and players. And he's not a top 10 quarterback. Feels like he's cooled off considerably here. And if you're a receiver, do you want to go to Baltimore to play with him?
6: Yeah, I I think they're all legitimate questions. You know, I I made him number 10. But, you know, again, that's off of a year that was not stellar last year. He did not play good football. So I think that's where you see some of these question marks a little bit from some of these GMs is just, you know, he was over aggressive. He didn't take care of the football. You know, left a lot of yards and completions on the field when you go back and watch, just because, oh, I'm going to force a ball down to Mark Andrews, you know, 40 yards down the middle. Wait, Hollywood Brown's open for eight yards right here. Let's just throw it to him and move the chains. I think those were the issues last year. And then I think, do I do think people in the NFL think he lost maybe a half a gear or a gear in his running? And they're scary. Hmm. You know, I tried to say this before quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson there's still, yes, a a stigma around them, around the NFL. There's a lot of people that will go, I'm never going to do that or go down that road as a quarterback because I don't think you can win a Super Bowl that way. And I think that's a legitimate question. I question that. Could you You
5: see them franchise tagging him?
6: Yes, I do, because I think they're in too deep at this point. Like, They've built, this is where he has tremendous leverage. They've built the team around him and yeah. his skill set. Yeah. And they've made it about a plethora of running backs in our O-line, and we're going to overpower you there. And of course, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, he's a run game genius. He is very good. Pass game is good. I wish there was a little bit more at times. But in running game, I mean, he's special. So that's where he has a, a great advantage, I think, You know, as far as contract negotiations.
5: Talking to Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, former NFL quarterback. I'm wondering if Jimmy Garoppolo's future, immediate future, is attached to what happens with Deshaun Watson. If Watson, Mm. let's say he gets a year, would the Browns be comfortable, given that roster, and say, we'll stay with Jacoby Brissett, or do you think that there would be a market for Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starting quarterback, at least for one year in Cleveland?
6: i would question it i mean if i'm cleveland i would think about it for sure if i'm the houston texans i'm thinking about it now to me i think you know and again with with garoppolo i had him the number 19 quarterback i've had him number 20 i've had him all around that range and i think that's another guy if you talk to people in the nfl i think a lot of them go wait is jimmy i mean we know he's good and you can win games but how good is he is he a product of mcdaniels and shanahan who just?" you know, serve up plays and things on a silver platter, you know, quite often to make it very easy on a quarterback. I think that's the the big question about him. But if I'm Cleveland with that roster, I mean, again, I think it's a borderline Super Bowl-ish type roster. I, I would think about, yes, bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo over the year. I don't, you know, again, I don't think you're going to cause any problems into the future with the Deshaun Watson issue or anything there. Uh, I would certainly consider it strongly, yeah.
5: And the Debo Samuel contract situation, yeah, seems quiet, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing.
6: I think it's a good thing. I think Debo. I mean, again, outside looking in, uh, the, the thing I've said from the start, where I just I always thought this would be resolved, is one, he's the best player on their football team. He's the number one weapon on their team, and Shanahan with all his you know runs and reverses and sweeps and play action passes. Who's better at doing that than Debo Samuel? So from that standpoint, I went, man, San Francisco ain't going to let him go. And then the other thing I said from the start with Florio a lot was Shanahan has the utmost confidence and his ability to communicate with players. You know, he, he, Sean McVay, some of these young coaches, you know, they can tow, tow, or what do I want to say, tow the, the, the fine line a little bit of, hey, we're friends, but I'm your coach, and I might cuss you out a little bit here and there and tell you to be better at this. And I just always thought Shanahan would kind of work his way through to Debo, and I don't think it'll – I think it's a matter of time before we hear something done long-term.
5: You went to Texas. Yeah. Big deal when you declared. Yeah. Arch Manning has declared verbally. Yeah. How how big a deal – Is it going to be for him with all that's involved there? And, you know, the whole family's involved. You're eventually going to be moving into the SEC. So what's Arch Manning walking into at Texas?
6: He's he's walking into the, you know, walking under the microscope is what he's going to walk into. You know, the SEC, we know it's king of college football. I'm not sure there's a city in the SEC, though, that is quite as big as Austin is. Has the media coverage, and then, you know, covers their local team like it's a pro football squad. That that that's to me is going to be one of the great advantages for Arch Manning if he can get through all that. Is he'll be ready for the NFL as far as media scrutiny and being under the microscope and all that. But man, he's going to be there. But I mean, that's that that fan base, the Longhorns, our fan base, they're thirsty right now. I mean, come on, I'm thirsty. What the hell's going on? I'm sick of it. You know, I mean, I really am, and I just think. You know, like me and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but I, the thing I'm excited for is one, yeah, we got a good quarterback in Arch Manning, that's awesome, but I know the ripple effects. And the ripple effects to me are what are going to change the the whole the whole organization or the university because now just like when I was there, all of a sudden, oh wait, the top two receivers in the country want to go, oh hey Roy Williams, you want to come here and play with me? Hey, come on and visit. Let's go. Oh, we got Roy Williams. Oh, Cedric Benson, you want to come here? Because we got a good quarterback and a good receiver? Boom, Cedric, come on a visit. Let's go. Best tackles in football. All of a sudden, we built a team in two or three years where we go, we're one of the best teams in college football, and I think Arch Manning can be that jump-off spot for Texas once again.
5: I said it at the time that he signed with Texas. Um, If his name was Arch Smith, would would it be – would this be as big a deal like just having the lineage there uh it feels like you know we hear the name and we go wait can't miss how much yeah how, i know like <laughs> right. like he can miss we've seen can't miss players miss definitely definitely there's a
6: lot that goes into it it's just you like know, your I, last
5: name like you're you're chris sims and your dad won a super bowl and okay you're going to yeah, be I know, the, the I know. savior
6: Yeah, you're right. Even when I got to the NFL, people just thought, hey, dad gave him a magic pill and he might win a Super Bowl, too. Well, yeah, it didn't work out. I'm one of those failures you're talking about. Or sometimes it doesn't happen that way. I mean, yes, uh, that's, you know, I would think he's used to those expectations by this point in his life. I mean, again, that just kind of comes with the territory of Manning and all that. And again, he's got, you know, some people around him as far as Peyton, Eli, you know, his father, his grandfather, who are going to be able to, you know, keep his head on straight and, I think he knows what's important. Uh, But, yeah, there's going to be big expectations. He certainly is. And I I was shocked to see when he committed there. I did not think he was going to leave the normal SEC comfort zone. But I'm happy as hell it's happened, and hopefully it can uh, catapult us back into the national scene.
5: And you didn't fail because you got to the NFL. You just, you know, people expect, you know, to be great and continue to be great. But also Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah is he better as a coordinator than he is as a coach and and, it, and and the fact that he has been he's been there with a lot of very good quarterbacks in his career and I don't know what role that plays if he if Arch Manning doesn't go you know to play for Georgia or play for Alabama that you're going to go to a guy who might get you more ready for the NFL in Sarkeesian. is that is that a fair assessment here
6: I think that, to me it's I think maybe the number one thing of why he went there Uh, Again, yeah, you know the way the quarterback situation there is at Texas right now. There's nobody set in stone where you got to go. Oh man, I don't know if he can beat him out. Is he he better than Quinn
5: Ewers though? I mean, this was he was the number one he was the number one quarterback in America.
6: Uh, Yeah, you know I know, and I mean listen, and some of that Instagram highlights I saw Quinn Ewers, I went, oh my gosh, whoa, can he throw the football? But you know I, I don't know. I don't know where the status of that is. He did leave Ohio State. I've heard a few things here and there uh i would think again this is the manning family they're very smart and calculated and i would think steve sarkisian would love to have a manning be that jump off spot for his head coaching career and the school itself i would think that arch manning is going to be you know the leader in the clubhouse as Mm. far as he's (laughs) going to get a lot more chances to be that guy because of some of the circumstances and that's fine listen i'm not i'm not That's just the way the world works a little bit, and we'll see if he can take advantage of that when he does get those chances.
5: Great to talk to you, Chris. Have a good weekend. Thank you.
6: Anytime, DP. You the man. See
5: you guys. See you later. Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk. Yeah, it's one of those that if you're the head coach, you're Steve Sarkeesian, you kind of know what you have in Quinn Ewers because if you feel like, hey, we got a franchise quarterback here, then you might not be as aggressive going after Arch Manning because – Quinn Ewers is going to be there for a couple of years for you. He'll be there next year as your starting quarter. What if if he has an unbelievable season? And you go, oh, boy. And then Arch Manning comes in. We assume that he takes over the throne there. But if you're Texas, it's a good problem to have. put Put it that way. All right, last call for phone calls, what we learned, what's in store for Monday. And uh, if you're watching on Peacock, we have uh, the great unveil with the Traeger Grills. It is a meat Friday. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
10: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my
6: weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker
10: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Close-up shop as we always do on a meat Friday, a little arcade fire. Send this out to all the backroom guys. Do all the dirty work, literally dirty work every single day, and we appreciate that. All together now, I have some information here. And uh, I take great pride in having sources and who understand, um, you know, the importance of, of reporting correctly and uh, vetting things out and occasionally get some things that I pass on to you. Uh, we're not known for breaking news, but if we do get information, I think we, uh, we pick our spots, and I think we've done uh, quite well with that. I mentioned a source told me about what could happen in the SEC that Clemson, Miami, and Florida State are in the on-deck circle. Uh, If the SEC goes down this road, Central Florida could be on the radar. Georgia Tech, Louisville. um, You know, the SEC wants to lock up all the states. So if you lock up Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Kentucky, that's just something to keep an eye on. Also, Notre Dame. I was told by a source that Notre Dame likely to stay independent. Here's the thing to keep an eye on. What if NBC gets part of the Big Ten TV package? So that's being negotiated as we speak. I think that was supposed to be done by Memorial Day. But if NBC gets part of the Big Ten, that would probably be a pretty good indication that Notre Dame is coming to the Big Ten. So the deal was supposed to be done by Memorial Day. Um. let's see, what else do we have? Also, the Big 12. What can the Big 12 do? If the Big 12 can get Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and able to do that by the end of July, early August, then maybe you can salvage something there. Yeah, Paul.
8: Could someday the the Pac-10 and the Big 12 morph into one conference?
5: Because it feels like
8: there's just, putting their teams around the place.
5: Yeah, it'd be the uh, Pac-12, Big 12, and I I don't know what the conference would be called, but, you know, I guess the Big 12 with however many teams. But it just feels like if you're the Big 12, can you come up with Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, and do that uh, in the next couple of weeks? So these are just some of the things going on, but the Notre Dame part of this is really interesting. If NBC gets a piece of the Big Ten rights, then having been in business with Notre Dame for years now, Notre Dame would be going to the Big Ten, from what I'm told. That's tasty. And the SEC is, you know, they are looking at Clemson, Miami, and Florida State. And I know there have been people who refuted that, but this is the second source that's told me this. But understanding what are the schools could be on the radar for the SEC, the Big 12, and, of course, the Big 10. Uh, So just some information there for you. And I always appreciate when I hear from people uh, in the know who are willing to share that with our audience. Uh, Let's see. Final results of the poll question there. Seton O'Connor.
7: Dan, we put up on the website, if you could choose one athlete uh, to win one more title major Grand Mm. Slam before they retire. Okay. Your options are LeBron James, Serena Williams, Tom Brady, John Daly, Tiger Woods. (laughs) Do you want to guess how this order goes? Serena. Serena is currently in fourth. Oh. Did they put John Daly up there, number one? Uh, no, John Daly is at second, though. Okay. <laughs> right now, Tiger Woods Tigers, has right. 49% of the vote. John Daly has 21 Tom Brady at 17%. let us go. Whoa. Let's go. They, they still love Tommy. And LeBron
5: James, 3%. Ooh, nobody, nobody wants, wants that. to see him. Uh, this day in sports history, Paul e. Ester. Dan, back in
8: 1876, George Washington Bradley of St. Louis pitched the first no-hitter in baseball, but it wasn't called a no-hitter because it hadn't happened yet. In 1973, Nolan Ryan of the Angels had two no-hitters in one season. Mm. Uh, The first game ever at Seattle Mariners' Safeco Field was held in 1999.
5: This team in 2007 became the first team in sports history to lose 10,000 games. First sports team in history to lose 10,000 games. Obviously, be a baseball team since they play more games. Marv? The Reds? No. A good guess because they've been around since, what, 1876.
8: Todd? Orioles?
5: No. Seton? Braves? No. Pauly? My Cubs? No. Phillies. Uh. Phillies. They uh, first teamed. Congratulations, Phillies. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Doug in North Carolina before we exit stage left. Hi, Doug.
6: Dan, I've got it. You were wrong about uh, Polly from uh, Rocky. Are you by any chance a Bare Naked Ladies fan? Um,
5: if I yeah, sir. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Their drummer
4: is a guy by the name of Tyler Stewart. Now, if you Google Tyler Stewart, you're going to see pictures of him with a beard. Those are the most recent pictures. Look for something uh, of him clean-shaven. It looks like Todd's twin. Right. I sent a- <laughs> Thank you, Todd.
5: Uh,
8: thank you, Doug. Yes, Paul. Confirmed. Tyler Stewart of Bare Naked Ladies looks like uh, a lot like Todd. Very, <laughs> <laughs> very round head. I, I just saw the picture. Oh, my goodness. Unfortunately, there was a similarity. Yes. Did you see that? All right. Unfortunately for him yeah, because he true. looks like you. And I'm not bare naked, but I'm not wearing underwear today.
5: What We Learn brought to you by Discover. We could talk about how complicated uh, other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards. Not with Discover. Redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. That's amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for allowing us to do this every single day. We'll talk to you Monday. One more item as we close out the show on this Friday, Panini America. They are the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. We invite you to check out the NFT marketplace at paniniamerica.net slash blockchain. One-of-a-kind digital cards available in packs or at Panini's public auctions that are located on the site. You're going to find the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats, the official products from the NFL, NBA, UFC, NASCAR, and La Liga. Something for everybody there. Also, don't miss out on the newest UFC, NFT Release, you pull the top fighters, or a special NFT will send you for a VIP experience to UFC 278. Share your cards in the public gallery. You can complete challenges, earn exclusive award cards, build a wish list for items you love. Panini NFT trading cards, giving collectors the opportunity to pull autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts. Also, check out those Don Russ cards. They will sell out quickly at PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show.